the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Pink tights. What the hell is that all about, this ain't no ballet class. Sunglasses and sparklers. What a load of crap. So, Brett, you're coming back to continue a legacy? Uh-huh. Stone Cold's gonna make your comeback a living hell. You can start begging for some mercy you right will now. Beg for you're mercy. You're not gonna find it. I think you're completely pathetic. You're the best there is, was, and ever will be. Whatever. Son, you're looking at the best there Austin is. Austin 316 rules. I will kick your pink and black all over the garden. I'm gonna end your you legacy. You will beg for mercy. At Madison Square Garden. Generation Declassified, and you're listening to an all-new New Generation Declassified here exclusively on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we take a journey back in time. We go back and look at the finer days of professional wrestling. We go back to the New Generation era, and this week we talk about the prelude to Attitude. You know, I don't like to talk about the other eras on the show. As you know, it's not uh, in our current jurisdiction. We stick to the years between uh, late 92 through about early 1997. The Attitude Era kicking off, I guess you'd say sometime in 1997. I think possibly after the Montreal Screwjob, but that's up for debate and on another show, more than likely about the Attitude Era. Uh, however... I think a lot of speculation lies. Where did that attitude era start to kind of see little glimpses appearing? And that is in this topic we're going to discuss today, the prelude to attitude. Uh, sometimes, and I mentioned this a few weeks back, you don't know when the, the feeling's going to strike and where you're going to find that inspiration for a topic or for a show. Uh, but this one comes to you courtesy of a journey down the DVD aisle in Walmart. And uh, before WWE home video ceased to exist, there were a few titles that were still getting through the cracks that weren't just the traditional pay-per-views. This being one of the last ones, and you can still get it at Walmart. It's $14.94. is called the WWE Best of 1996, The Prelude to Attitude, featuring some of the bigger matches and moments of the 1996 calendar year for the WWF, a year that would see a big transition in terms of the uh, the star power uh, kind of changing hands, seeing some new guys ascend to the top of the card, but also, uh, you know, seeing its um, uh, kind of battle against WCW and the NWO. Now, not to be confused with the dawn of Attitude, which was WWE's DVD on the 1997 calendar year this one is a little different that was a three dvd set more in line with uh what they're going for uh in the traditional sense of of the dvd releases this is a two dvd set and i think kind of warner home videos who was the last distributor of the wwe dvd is just like a last stitch effort at getting some sort of compilation out there um but you'll see as we go through the uh the matches we see what's on this dvd that they picked 
the content of people in the fold. And that's one of my huge pet peeves uh, when it comes to any kind of compilation that you ignore the people that you're like not in favor with for the guys that you're really in favor with. And you see uh, it reflect a lot in the, uh, the content of this, uh, this DVD. Now I want to point out uh, next week, Coliseum Chad will come back for its monthly installment. I squeezed one more weekend for the new generation uh, content because I felt there was uh, something I've been working on that I didn't want to push out too far. So I'm going to have Coliseum Chad come back for month number two next week. And then we will continue back with the new generation schedule until the Coliseum installment for March and uh, working on those ever so diligently. Uh, picked up a lot of cool stuff that I want to talk about, picked up some cool knowledge along the way and uh, see what the content's going to be as you tune in next week for Coliseum Chad. But back to prelude to attitude 1996 being a year that a lot of people who had tapped out tapped back in and wanted to see what was going on in wrestling. Most of that having to do with what was going on in WCW. You don't see many people who say, oh, wow, what was going on in the WWF really drew me back. No, it was what was going on down in WCW that drew people back because they were like, I didn't know Hulk Hogan was a bad guy, or I wasn't aware that some guys that were in the WWF are now in WCW. And that's where people say they picked up watching again was by watching WCW. So uh, in the prelude to Attitude in this DVD set, you'll see that they rely heavily on a lot of matches that have been released in other sets. And that doesn't always win over the fan base. Uh, most of the time, if you're picking up a DVD set, especially for the completest, you want stuff that you don't already have. You know, you're going to get it just because you're loyal to the old uh, sticker on the front, whoever the, uh, the distributor is. So in this case, you buy every WWE DVD. I personally, I got one or two uh, along the way, you know, as Christmas gifts or a birthday gift, but I haven't gone to actually buy a WWE DVD since probably 2015, 2016. Uh, one of those Macho Man DVD sets or one of the unreleased sets, maybe Attitude Era, something like that. That was what was the last ones I went like, physically to a store to go purchase and when blu-ray started to um to come in but this one i probably i guess would have gotten just because it is on the lower end of the price scale 14.96 i mean that's really not a lot of money to uh invest into this dvd you know if you are a collector and you want all the the dvds in the library you would obviously get it but, you know, this is also one that you could see pop up in a $5 sale, you know, in, in a month or two months. Because it's not a knock-your-socks-off release where you're fighting tooth and nail to get the last copy. This is one that if you're uh, going to pick up laundry detergent with your uh, significant other and you stumble by the DVD section, you see this, you go, ah, I'll pick this up. This will knock out some time. But for the hardcore fan, you probably, I could say you could skip this, especially if you have Peacock or you have a pretty expansive DVD uh, collection. Uh, so the prelude to Attitude Era, let's start with the cover art. I mean, out of this world, I will say uh, cover art. Love the design. Uh, probably the best thing about this is the, uh, the art. And that's what caught my eye, uh, the first thing I saw. And it's got the iconic picture of Steve Austin pointing at jake the snake and we just talked about that two weeks ago 
uh, with Doc Hendricks holding the microphone up to Austin's face and then spliced on the side. There's uh, there's six different images, one with Psycho Sid uh, perching Shawn Michaels over his head, another with Triple H and Mark Merrow um, from one of their, I guess you could say, classic battles. Then you can see the rock, Rocky Maivia in his uh, <laughs> Maivia traditional attire. You see uh, Brett the Hitman Hart in his return from Survivor Series 96. Another photo from Survivor Series 96, Undertaker and Mankind in one of their best matches, one of my favorite ones that they ever had. And then you see from uh, September 96, the Mind Games match, Shawn Michaels diving off the, uh, the, the top rope onto Mankind. So you see kind of the theme they're going for. They're showing you the top guys here on the front cover. Uh, pretty surprised that Sid made it onto the front cover, but maybe that has to do with HBK being uh, on top of his head. But then on the back cover, you get Big Daddy Cool Diesel, who did have a big role in the first couple of months of 96. You see the confrontation between Vader and Gorilla Monsoon. Another uh, picture of Mark Marrow and Triple H, and we'll get into that as we talk. Uh, Mankind and The Undertaker again, Austin and Brett from Survivor Series, and then Brett and Sid from the December pay-per-view, which was called It's Time, um, rounding out the photo montage on the box. But great cover art, fantastic graphics as usual uh, by a WWE production. Uh, and again, this one distributed by Warner Brothers, so I don't know how much uh, uh, collaboration they have. Uh, when it comes to how these look, because this is just to me a traditional WWE uh, looking DVD set. Uh, but it kicks off in January 1996. This is a straight compilation. So it's going to give you an introduction to what you're about to see and a good choice for the first match. It's it's a pretty good match. It's not the best one, but if they want to start in January, you want to start at the Royal Rumble. They use the Intercontinental Championship match between Razor Ramon and Goldust, where Goldust captures the Intercontinental Championship for the first time. Now, this match being a little controversial at the time because of the storyline with Goldust and Razor Ramon and a lot of the innuendo and the androgyny of the Goldust character really coming to the uh, to the forefront and and kind of being shocking at the time, seeing the, uh, the again, the innuendo they had in terms of was Goldust playing mind games was Goldust in love with Razor Ramon? You know, who could forget the reveal of the Razor tattoo over the heart of Goldust, the, the Razor heart? Um, but this match being kind of significant for the debut of Marlena and that being another dimension of the Goldust character, uh, the ill-fated, um, uh, what do you call, um, uh, guy with the, the box office stuff, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the little helper that would be accompanying them to the ring and setting up the chair, um, and, and then you have the kind of controversial end of the match where they do their, I guess, outward, uh, French kiss. They, they lick each other on the way out. Gold dust and Marlena that is, uh, so for 96, that was kind of, um, controversial, a little, little steamy for 1996 WWF, but I mean, it's, it's not a bad match. You know, this was the beginning of the end for Razor Ramon. So, I mean, it's good to include it. It was a great ascension of the Goldust character. But that 1996 Rumble, you know, it's not the best show. But I, if I was going to pick a match on this, I probably would have picked The Undertaker and Bret Hart only because the, uh, the, the end of the match and the finish has the, uh, the, the pretty standout moment of, of Kevin Nash's Diesel 
giving the finger to the undertaker at, at the end of the match and it not being blurred and them showing it and, you know, reaction being what it was in 1996. That was a pretty controversial moment in its own. I, I might've switched these out. You know, they're going for a little bit of the undercard flavor here and they got to diversify the guys that are on this DVD. But I think this is one where they could have gone with the, uh, the title match over the intercontinental title match, just because of the uh, significance of the finger uh, sticking out by uh, uh, Kevin Nash. Now, also on the 96 Rumble, you had the beginning of the Vader uh, run in WWF where he came in and debuted in the Rumble. But the next night, uh, he decimates and destroys President Gorilla Monsoon in one of the last times we'd ever see Monsoon being really um, physical uh, and getting Vader bombed and beat up. Uh, this was because Vader had a shoulder injury. And they still debuted him in the Rumble. You know, it was a pretty hyped up uh, debut. It was a big acquisition because he was coming right off of WCW just the prior fall. But uh, the next night on Raw is featured. Vader destroys Gorilla Monsoon, January 22nd, 1996. You got to include this. This is a huge moment. It got Vader over as a huge dastardly heel. But it also was a beloved character like Gorilla Monsoon that we loved death. And we saw him getting destroyed. Uh, they had to put this on. This was an absolute uh, shocking moment at the time and a great inclusion uh, on the match. Now they jump around. They don't marry themselves to strictly. Let's go with the pay-per-view format. Let's go with the television format. Let's use syndicated footage. Let's use Monday night raw footage. They go a little bit all over the place, um, but they're trying to give you something from every month. And this is where you see this kind of evident, at the beginning part of this uh, match, because there's no, again, this is a compilation. So this is no buildup. This is no rhyme or reason. This is not one segment's going to lead to the next segment. This is match, moment, match, 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 moment, yada, yada, yada. And you see that trend as it's, um, it's kind of going along. The next match that would be featured is from the February 96 in your house. And this one, again, not the best match, from the show, but they're showing you the card. They're showing you the players that were involved in this era. The number one contenders match, Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart. This being their first in-ring confrontation since the 1995 November Raw incident in Richmond, Virginia, where Shawn Michaels passes out, holds his head, post-concussion syndrome. Essentially, the storyline that leads to WrestleMania and him accomplishing the boyhood dream uh, he collapses in a match after a um, an injury from Owen Hart, and his comeback is at the Rumble. And along the way, they kind of meet. They don't. This was their first match, and it just happened to be a number one contenders match because, oh, was Shawn Michaels going to face Bret Hart, or would his brother Owen face uh, Bret again for the WWF Championship? So it made sense, but it was an okay match. I think Shawn Michaels... Um, Gets a little blood, gets a little color in the match, so kind of adds to it. But from what I remember, the championship match was the steel cage match between Diesel and Brett to keep the outsiders out of the ring. And this is the one where the Undertaker comes from underneath, pulls Diesel into hell. The smoke comes through the mat. Brett uh, escapes, and boom, we get our double main events at WrestleMania. I think that match is better. So the problem is it's on a lot of different releases. They didn't want to keep double dipping. But if your prelude to Attitude doesn't include, you know, another moment where that Diesel character was being a dickhead, this is 
a match that needed to be on there, maybe I'd pick that one over the Shawn Michaels um, Owen Hart match. Now, we skip all the way to March 11th for the next one, and this is where, and, and I even read a couple reviews, and, and I'm glad I'm not the only one who was thinking that they pull out a, uh, on paper, you know, it looks like it could be a good match. They had a few matches on TV, actually, but Bret Hart, who's the world champion, taking on up-and-coming heel on his way to uh, WrestleMania himself that year, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Absolutely no context to this match. This There was no feud. There was no story. This is just a match, and it's a decent one at best. This is nothing that's going to pop off the page. It's more about the names that are going to get you in to watch this one, but it's just a Monday Night Raw match where the champion's going to be on television once every couple of weeks. This week it was against uh, one Hunter Hearst Helmsley who would be being featured at WrestleMania against the Ultimate Warrior. Well, here you go. Facing Bret Hart. Nothing match. Didn't really need to be on here, but I get it. It's fine. Triple H is, is a player, and this is where I mentioned earlier, the guys that are in the fold, you see them being featured, and, and there you go. Uh, the next segment, this is a good... Uh, this I love this. This is great. Undertaker meets Mankind. So this is the night after WrestleMania. This is the first interaction between Undertaker and Mankind. He would have a, quote, feud of the year that year in a, in a uh, newsletter that um, not everybody observes, but whatever. The uh, feud of the year, Undertaker meets Mankind for the first time. This is where he gets attacked. And Mankind really just absolutely blew up on the scene. And uh, the two of them being linked for so many years after it all started on April 1st, 1996. Perfect addition to this DVD compilation. This is an absolute gem. So, so far, so the Vader and the Mankind segments are the best ones. The, and they're not matches. They're just, uh, you know, it, for newer fans watching this for the first time, these are impactful. These are very good. Uh, but then I like where they go next with this. No holds barred for the WWE Championship in your house. Good friends, better enemies. April 28th, 1996. Shawn Michaels and Diesel. This is not me just kissing uh, Kevin Nash's ass. I do personally like Kevin Nash. He's a good dude. And I, I've enjoyed uh, my interactions with him in the past. But his stuff in 96 was great. He was an asshole. And he really was the prelude to attitude all on him, in himself. He was a good heel. He was a perfect bad guy. And I loved when he was going up against Shawn Michaels and not really knowing what was going on at the time, I wanted Diesel to win. I wanted Diesel to reclaim the championship. And this match being very, very well put together and including the great moment of Paul Butcher Vachon's leg getting pulled off. And uh, and you, I believe it was one of the Vachons, Maurice or Paul, I don't remember. But the leg getting pulled off and used, what a spot. Love this match. Glad this one is on here. Needed to be. It's it's definitely two friends working together for sure, but the chemistry's there. I think this one is better than their WrestleMania match from the previous year, and to me, this is a perfect addition to this compilation. Next one, and again, this has no business being on this DVD. It's because of the guys involved. The wild man Mark Merrow, who we all know was not a favorite of WWF uh, management and the people backstage taking on Triple H. In your house, beware of dog, May 28th, 1996. This belongs nowhere near this DVD. I don't know why the hell they put it on here. Two throwaway Triple H matches just for the sake of putting them on here. Makes no sense. It's very stupid. 
the beware of dog pay-per-view itself was a clusterfuck and not good. I would never have put this on here, but whatever. They're trying to diversify. It's all good. Uh, leading next into the King of the Ring getting two matches on this. And it works out the King of the Ring 96, not a great pay-per-view overall, but obviously the Austin moment being what it is. Uh, I'm glad they gave this the uh, the proper due that it needed. The Undertaker of Mankind, King of the Ring, 1996, June 23rd. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, we know it for the next match, which is Austin and Jake the Snake. But this one, probably one of their most physical contests that didn't have a full-blown stipulation. This was just a rough and tumble match. A lot of hard bumps. This is the one, if you uh, have ever seen the clip of, uh, Undertaker and Mankind on the ring apron and, and Undertaker does like a, uh, uh, you know, jerking of the ropes and you see uh, Mankind taking a back bump on the uh, the floor. That's from this match. It's a sick thud you hear, but it's one of those marquee Mankind Undertaker moments that always kind of get spotlighted. I love this match. This might be next to the Hell in the Cell uh, 98. This could be my favorite Undertaker-Mankind match. This absolutely belongs on this compilation, and I'm glad that they did uh, put it on here. Uh, next is King of the Ring 96, under uh, uh, Jake the Snake and Austin. Of course, we know why this is on here. It's the birth of Austin 316. Uh, deserves it. Should gotten the neck. I hope that I didn't see this, but I hope they included the follow-up uh, uh, interview, because how could you not? Uh, moving on. This is one perfect. This is perfect for a compilation like this, 1996, Sonny gets slopped. If you watched Superstars on June 29th, 1996, you saw this as well. Uh, it was a huge lead up for months with Sonny jumping from the Godwins to the Smoking Guns to the Body Donnas and kind of back to whoever had the gold. She had a little bit of a love trance on Phineas and it was broken as he slopped Sonny. Vince McMahon's reaction is worth it alone. Uh, it's a great fun moment for the WWF generation. We remember goofy stuff like that. This was perfect. She sold it well. The Godwins are dancing all over the place. The crowd's going wild. Perfect addition to this. I love that they put it on here. Um, next match, go to July 1996. So again, they're just kind of going month to month. They're not really picking anything uh, too out of the uh, the ordinary. Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, and Ahmed Johnson versus Vader, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog. In your house, international incident, July 21st. It's my dad's birthday, 1996. Um, this match on paper was originally supposed to be uh, Michaels, Ahmed, and the Ultimate Warrior. This was around the, the time the Ultimate Warrior was fired, so Sid was the replacement. It was a cool reveal. I would love to see the reveal on here on Raw where they show him uh, popping up from behind Sid and Ahmed. That was great, but also significant with this match is that Vader pins Shawn Michaels leading up to the next month, which is their match at uh, SummerSlam, where we all know that Vader uh, embarrassed. I uh, was embarrassed by Shawn Michaels uh, publicly in the ring, uh, made him look like a fool and made himself look like a fool in the process because this was part of the just dreadful Shawn Michaels uh, title run, where as we now would switch to disc two, you know, I'll point out there are some other matches of Shawn Michaels that I could have put onto this DVD compilation. They absolutely could have had the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty match from, I believe April or may uh, included on this 
from Monday Night Raw, where now Janetti's playing the heel versus Sean, who is usually the heel in their matches. It's a good match. not the best, but it's it's pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, I like it. It's on YouTube. If you want to watch it, I just actually saw it very recently looking at other topics to talk about. I don't know how many more times I can talk about Shawn Michaels and Marty Janetti from 93. So I was watching the 96 match, trying to come up with some inspiration to discuss it. I like the buildup for it. The little promo package they had for it was great. But also the lead into that match was Shawn Michaels versus Leaf Cassidy, which is another pretty darn good match. And I would have included it in this if I could have replaced maybe the uh, Triple H Mark Merrow match that didn't need to be on here. So those are two that could have made it. Uh, also, I believe he had a, a pretty good one-on-one match with uh, the one, two, three kid on a Monday Night Raw that could have made it on when kid was on his way out in um, the, that May, June era of 96. So that's one I would have had on there. So let's head over to disc two and they do a pretty good job of starting off disc two with a bang. They, they throw a match in there. That's definitely not seen very often. And to be honest with you, I didn't even remember it and I needed to uh, toggle the old brain waves and go back and find exactly what this match was. Cause I did not remember this raw invitational battle Royal August 5th, 1996. So this being August, you know, and them, uh, them giving us the month-to-month breakdown of matches, you know, going consecutive month after month after month, this one should have just covered August, in my opinion, if they were going to go uh, the route they did afterwards, because I just got done saying how I wouldn't put Shawn Michaels Invader on this countdown, but nonetheless, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, this Raw Invitational Battle Royal featuring The Undertaker, Psycho Sid, Ahmed Johnson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mankind, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Goldust, Savio Vega, The Wild Man, Mark Merrow, and Justin Hawk Bradshaw, August 5th. Um, if anything, and if you go to seek this match out, I found it on Daily Motion. Uh, the finish is awesome because Ahmed Johnson, who ultimately wins the match, uh, last eliminating Goldust, gets down to a battle at the end where uh, Goldust eliminates Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were working together to take out Ahmed. This also goes to show you where Austin was on his ascent after uh, King of the Ring. He didn't uh, if he didn't take off as fast as you might remember. But Ahmed Johnson wins this match. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and he basically eliminates himself in the process. But because he was such an athletic beast, managed to hold on and not make a fool of himself or have them retape the match. And Goldust goes out. Ahmed holds on literally by his fingertips and gets almost tied in the ropes and has to be helped backwards by the referees uh, after the match is over because he just, he Ahmed tended to be a little overzealous sometimes and his athleticism was almost too much for his body. And he, uh, <laughs> he gets kind of tied up in the ropes, but nonetheless, cool match. I like that. They added it. It's cool. Uh, addition, great players, my kind of thing. This is what I put on the countdown. Not this match. Shawn Michaels and Vader has no business being on this. It was not a good showing for Vader. It was a horrible hissy fit thrown by Shawn Michaels. This was, there's no context. There's no build. There's no pre-story. There's nothing telling you what was going on. If you're watching this as a standalone match, August 18th, 1996, you're just going to be like, what the hell am I watching and what's going on? They can't use the boiler room brawl because it's been seen a million times. I would have just left this off the countdown. Let the raw invitational match be your uh, August match and, and that be the end of it. 
Um, they do include the In Your House Mind Game match the next month, September 22nd, 1996, the Chadster's birthday. It has to be on there because of its historical significance. Nothing was seen like this before, the, the brutality. Maybe that's the McFoley influence uh, being here, you know. And as we've seen some of the, the maturation of the WWF product and getting a little more uh, risque, a little saucier, you know, they're showing a little bit more of the skin with the uh, the ladies. They're dropping, uh, you know, ass and hell and damn a little bit more flagrantly than they had in the past. Uh, this match and the brutality adds into that uh, mystique that they were growing. So I have to keep this on here. Now they go from that to the next night, September 23rd, 1996, Owen Hart, excuse me, Wildman Mark Merrill versus Farouk Intercontinental Championship Tournament Finals. I like this being on here. I can't believe that Mark Merrill has gotten three to four spots on this DVD set, especially with how they've treated him in the past. And this is a good match. You know, you're also getting WWE Hall of Famer Farouk, uh, who would have a big later half of 1996. Uh, but, you know, even Farouk's battles with Ahmed Johnson not really being featured uh, on this. And uh, him losing to Mark Merrill. Mark Merrill hits a beautiful um, uh, shooting star press to uh, get the victory. Is awarded the Intercontinental Championship by Mr. Perfect, which would be the beginning of their storyline. And the eventual turn of Mr. Perfect with Triple H in uh, I think late October, early November, which would then lead to Mr. Perfect's uh, exit from the company right before Survivor Series. So I like this one being on there. It's a great title change. You know, one thing you see is they did not include any tag teams in this uh, this compilation. That being an omission, but the tag scene wasn't that great at the time. I mentioned earlier with the sunny slop, you know, how the, uh, the tag team scene was kind of uh, portrayed. It was more in that role of uh, having to focus on Sonny, but there's, there's definitely some tag matches that they could have put on here. They could have put on the, uh, the tag match that's on another unreleased DVD where it's uh, Brett and Undertaker versus Diesel and Shawn Michaels. That's where Diesel turns on Shawn Michaels, leading to the cage match that should also be on here, uh, the curtain call, because I know they have the footage of that. They should have absolutely put that on this uh, compilation. But nonetheless, they did not. They decided to go in a different direction. Uh, and this one, too, they take this in another direction. You think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, you hear the bumper off the top that I played that leads into the Survivor Series match. But where is the Stone Cold Steve Austin Brian Pillman gun incident? You got to put that on here. That That's a pivotal moment. Maybe they wanted to stay away from it because of controversy surrounding uh, guns, perhaps. I don't know. That's up for speculation. But they go with the Stone Cold takes out Brian Pillman angle from superstars. That's I, I do like that. I can't say that I, I'm against it. It was a pretty devastating um, segment where he, quote, Pillmanizes the ankle and breaks it in the, uh, the chair. Nobody was doing that up to that point. So you got to give him credit for that, at least. Um, but it's kind of weird. They choose that one over the gun incident. You know, it's, um, I guess, being safe, but it's good. It's, it's pretty brutal. Those two great chemistry. So it's an entertaining segment. But I mean, you got to go with the gun. It's because it's a gun more than anything. Um, and then this next one, November 17th, 1996, the Survivor Series. You know, they, they skipped over in October the, the pretty brutal um, buried alive match. So that's fine. But they also then leave off the survivor series match between undertaker and mankind. 
and go with this match, I think, and they have to because who it is. Uh, Wildman Mark Merrill making another appearance on this uh, compilation. Jake the Snake and the Stalker with their partner, the debuting Rocky Maivia uh, versus Jerry Lawler, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Goldust, and Crush. It has to be on here for the debut of The Rock. It's probably The Rock's best showing in 96. He obviously wins the match. He eliminates the last two guys. You get to see him, you know, break out some of those uh, flashy Rocky Johnson-esque moves. And um, in 96 for November, December, this is probably his highlight. You got to leave it on here. He wins the Intercontinental Belt and I believe January. So I like this being on here, um, but this definitely took the place of either the Undertaker-Mankind match or the Shawn Michaels and Sid match, which gets the snub in favor of the Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin match, which again, the promo I played off the top of the episode is the build up to that match, which has one of my favorite lines ever. The sunglasses and sparklers. What a load of crap. Just always just gets me every time I hear it, but you got to put it on here. It's probably one of Bret's best later half of his WWF career matches. And it's one of the cornerstones of Steve Austin's uh, ascent to the top of the card. So it's got to be on here and to be honest with you folks, I would have just put a period on the DVD at that point. They didn't even need to go into December. There was really nothing to, to put on this because the December pay-per-view titled it's time originally supposed to be a vehicle for Vader was not. It was Sid versus Bret Hart in the main event, helping build to the Shawn Michaels Sid Royal Rumble match uh, in January and it's not a great match. It's not a bad match. It's just, it's a forgettable match. And they're just doing it to throw something in for the month of December. And it was December 15th, 1996. I would have just left this off and gone straight to uh, the closing credits after Brett and Austin, because there was nothing else that could top it. Um, you know, overall, if you're a completist, get this DVD. Uh, if you are passing through the, uh, the aisles, like I casually was, Pick it up, fourteen ninety six. Can't go wrong. <sighs> I don't know. It's just not something that uh, it's popping off the page for me. I love the historical stuff. I want people to see what it used to be like, and I'm sure this would probably top anything that I would watch on uh, on a wrestling show in 2022. But you know, it's passable. It's not the best, but it's okay. We'll just leave it at that. It's uh, it's one of the last WWE home videos. So that's another piece of significance. If you see it, there won't be many more released after that since they've ceased operations of uh, making any more. So, you know, you want to add it. I like the box art. I'll give it an A plus in terms of the uh, the graphics and the cover art. But besides that, you know, it's just it's average. There's a few decent little additions. But besides that, it's not it's not my favorite. So. I'll leave it at that. I just thought it was cool. Hey, it's content for you. I saw it just walking through the aisle uh, randomly, and uh, boom, there you go. We got a good uh, 35, 40 minutes together again on New Generation Declassified. But next week, Coliseum Chad comes back. We'll give you an update on what's going on in the Coliseum world, some of the cool findings in the wild, some of the little tidbits I've learned across uh, the last month and my journey back into collecting Coliseum videos. If you see my Twitter, you saw I found a picture of my bedroom from 1998 that uh, showed my shelf of Coliseum videos and the ones I had back then. So this ain't a gimmick, folks. This is the real deal. Coliseum chat is a thing. So tune in next week to see it or to see it, to hear it. We don't do any video yet uh, for this show. 
But uh, if you want to catch anything else I got going on in the world, let's go to tmptempire.com for the podcast. Let's go to IB exclusives for the autograph signings and everything I got going on in that world. And the one I'd love for you to help me out with is below beyond the collar. No, below the collar.com uh, slash IB exclusives. My two new shirts, IB exclusives, uh, the logo and the Chadster t-shirt in the classic style of Hulkamania. Uh, it's, it's very cool. It's a tribute to the Hulkster. It's not me being lazy. It's just, I like the name, the Chadster and it fit perfect in the Hulkamania font. So I'd love for you to help me out and, uh, and please buy the shirt at below the slash IB exclusives and check me out this week on get my go. You can go to youtube.com search, get my go, and you can uh, subscribe there and watch the Chadster in action as well as listen to it on Get My Go with my uh, my buddies, Husey, the Aussie guy, Joe Feeney, and of course, the great Mike Durband doing our thing on Get My Go. Uh, look, I really enjoyed uh, checking out some of these matches and watching them uh, to go over this DVD, but it's your turn. Go check out the DVD. Follow me on Twitter at Chad EMB on Instagram at IB Exclusives. And come back next week for Coliseum Chad. So for the uh, WWF roster of 1996, this is your old buddy, the Chad, sir. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.